Good evening. It's wonderful to have you all here. You ready to be schooled? That's, that's why I come to these. I learned so much of these things. You know, some of you may not know this, but I've already graduated. But, you know, <laughs> you know not all learning is about degrees. You know, I'm here, here to pick up a lot of those things. And, you know, you may have wondered, you know, well, why have you ever wondered, you know, why didn't the son go to graduate school? You know, our son in the solar system. It's, he said, I've already got over a million degrees, so <laughs> yeah. I don't really need more than that. So it's like I say, not all, not all learning's about degrees, okay? <laughs> well, it's time to turn it over to someone who has at least a few degrees. It's Dr. John and the Technology Spotlight. I'll bet you didn't know that I am an artist. Hey, check this out, check it out. See, uh-huh. It's kind of like a pineapple vase, right? <laughs> now, if you zoom in on there, you can tell that this little thing is actually made out of a whole bunch of little teeny metal balls that stick together. They're little teeny magnets, and each one of them is a little teeny magnet. I can pull one off, I don't know if you can see that but the, they're little teeny balls that stick together. So, I don't want to tell you how long it took me to make this. <laughs> Actually, Tobias made it for me, but <laughs> uh, what can I say? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it actually takes kind of a while to put all those balls in the right position. And uh, wouldn't it be amazing if each one of those little balls was a robot? That would be awesome. Well, some Chinese researchers have been working on that. So uh, check out this video that kind of shows one of their little robots. You can see it moving along there. Isn't that great? And it can even move up surfaces that are metallic, that are ferromagnetic, which means magnets stick to them. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so let's take a look at what's inside of that little ball and see how it's working. If uh, you pop one of those open, you find a little teeny robot that's controlling it. And it has two wheels that it uses to steer. And essentially, the robot's moving around inside that ball, and the ball rolls the direction that the robot's going. And then at the bottom of the robot, there's a magnet. And that magnet is what makes it so it can climb up the magnetic surfaces, or the ferromagnetic surfaces. And uh, this is where it starts to get kind of cool. Because just like these little magnetic balls, these robots can stick together as well. Check this out. See how it moves over and then it connects and then it can actually climb on top and move around. Then it can get down and disconnect. And they can work together to not only make structures but to overcome obstacles <laughs> and get along. And here they are doing some tricks on the, <laughs> on the wall. So there are a lot of possibilities of what they can do with these little robots because of that magnet in there. Now one of the things that's really cool about these robots and the way they can connect with each other is how simple the connection is. It's actually just a little magnet on the little robot inside of that ball. Let's take a look at how they connect to each other. <clears throat> you can see in the, the first light on the left, the two robots come together and um, the one on the left is the one that's moving towards the one on the right. And then if you move to the next slide, of two robots together, they're actually touching. And then, in the third slide, one of the robots starts going up the side of its metal ball, since the ball can't roll anymore. And then in the final slide over there on the right, you can see how its magnet is connected to the other robot's ball. So they're connected to each other. Now to disconnect, it does the opposite thing. The little robot inside of the ball goes down until that magnet disconnects. So this Connection disconnection is really simple. There's no special connectors or all kinds of complicated things. It's just really, really simple the way that it connects. So uh, this opens up a lot of possibilities of what you could do if you had a lot of these little robots, kind of like my little structure here. Uh, let's take a look at a simulation of one of the possibilities that we could do with a whole bunch of robots like this. See how they're all moving together? And there's no way that one of these robots could get up the stairs, but as a team, they can work together and do all kinds of cool stuff. Moving, moving. 
Notice how some of them are moving across the side. And those little red circles you see are where the wills are inside of the balls. You know, and the, the real thing, you can't see that. But you can kind of tell how they're oriented. And they're able to go up and down structures like that. And um, in a lot of ways, modular robots like these are actually more uh, versatile and um, able to lose one of the robots and still go on and do the mission. If you can imagine one or two or three of those little balls getting smashed, maybe the car ran over them or something, the rest could keep going. And the guys who were over here could come and fill in that spot and they can work together. Let's look at one more uh, video of them attacking a fence. Okay, climbing a fence. Here we go. <laughs> march, march, march. And then they kind of stack up until they can get over the top. And then they can start climbing up each other. And then on the other side of the fence, just for the simulation, they have a jagged surface that's kind of, uh, you know, instead of a nice smooth thing. And again, they can work like a team and then do the reverse process and unstack. Da, 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 da. <laughs> there they go. <laughs> so uh, there are quite a few possibilities of ways that we could use this for reconnaissance and maybe even rescue and things. And they could fit in places that a normal large robot couldn't because they could file in, you know, and then they can climb over things and stuff. So there, there are actually a lot of possible applications. One of the really big problems right now is each one of these robots is manually controlled. So that's, that's not gonna, gonna work. They need a system, and they're working on something to uh, be able to automate them, make them more autonomous. So you give the group of robots a mission, and they go and do it. Sometimes they, they call this type of technology swarming. You have a whole bunch of little robots, and if you lose one or two or a few, the rest of them can still accomplish the mission. But then they can work together to do bigger tasks. And uh, it's kind of an interesting thing because how would you write a program to control all of those robots? Kind of the conventional thinking is what you do is you write a master computer that tells every single robot what to do. Well, that actually has to be a pretty powerful computer doing that, telling all of the different robots what to do. And what if that one gets damaged? Another alternative that's actually more like what you would see in nature when you see a, a flock of birds flying is giving each robot a program that works in concert with the rest of the robots. And uh, you'll notice how when a flock of birds is flying, it's amazing how they don't hit into each other, at least not usually. But <laughs> uh, if you were to write a program to control every single bird to do that, it would be really hard and have to be really high bandwidth and powerful. But if you taught each bird, now when we're all flying together, you stay in between <laughs> and stay right in the middle, then that simple program would accomplish the same thing. And so that's some of the technology that's needed for these swarming robots to really catch on and, and do all kinds of neat things. And uh, you know, if, uh, uh, sorry Tobias, we're gonna need to get those robots to put them back together. It's amazing how these little teeny things can come together and do big things, isn't it? That's all the tech we have the time for. Thank you. All right. Now it's time for Breakthrough Moments in Science with Tobias. Yeah, I spent like eight hours on those magnet balls. <laughs> So, it's okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, anyway, um, well, tonight I'm really excited because uh, we get to talk about s something really cool, and that is hot and cold. You know, I got one of those new fancy igloos, and I took it home. I was super excited to try it on the picnic, and then I was very disappointed because the popsicles melted, and the hot coffee didn't stay cold, didn't stay hot, and on the box it said, keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. So I put them in at the same time, but, <clears throat> you know, hot and cold is really an interesting concept. And we're going to talk tonight about what's in your fridge. And this isn't a dieting class. Uh, it's, it's what's in your fridge making it work the way that it works. And, you know, I just want to say real quick, 
I'm really glad that refrigerators aren't living because I think if they did, they would probably pull a revenge moment on us where all of a sudden in the middle of the night, your door would just open, your fridge would come, open the door, stare at you for three minutes, close it, <laughs> and then do that again in half an hour. But um, hot and cold <laughs> fridge. Anyway, how how do you, it's something we we take for granted. You know, we just put our food or a drink or whatever in a fridge, and it's going to be kept nice and cool for us. And that's something that I mean, hundreds of years ago was just an incredible dream of you know magicness to be able to have something like that. And of course, back in the day, it was very different. And tonight we're going to be talking about Carl von Lind. And he's the one who kind of pioneered refrigeration. And Carl was in uh, Europe. It's, I just have to say, it's a pretty cool name. He probably, I, you know, you wonder, did he just, when he's working on something, it doesn't work with a name that cool. Do you just stop and look in the mirror? You're not Carl, you're Carl von Lind. <laughs> you know, some names just have that cool scientist ring to them. I'll just, <laughs> William Lair, Roger Billings, Edison, Franklin, Tobacco. That one doesn't really, you know, it's not all about names, okay? <laughs> That's not the big deal. But Carl von Lind, when he was young, he really wanted to get into mechanical engineering. And he convinced his dad to let him go to a, a school to learn more about mechanical engineering. And eventually, further down the road when he would become employed, he would start studying this whole idea of how to make a mechanism and a system that would keep things cold. Now at the time, if we look at these pictures, basically ice was a huge industry and they would actually ship ice all across the country, even around the world. Uh, places like Australia would get ice shipped from America and from Europe and you would get these slabs of ice and you had basically a fridge contraption. If you look at the far right picture, you can still get these on eBay. Uh, you open the top and put these blocks of ice in and then put your food underneath and the ice keeps that area cold and every day you have to empty this drip tray uh, of the melting water obviously. But that was like the most advanced setup that they had at the time. So it was how do we keep ice from freezing, uh, from melting so fast was kind of you know th the, the challenge you could say of this. And really, uh, Carl realized, wait a minute, are we looking at this backwards? Backwards. Are, are we looking at this from the point of view of, okay, we need to get this, this box. We need to get more cold in this box. And he realized, is it we need to take the heat out of the box? You know, cold is an interesting, what is cold? Well, cold is the absence of heat. It's not, I'm going to put some cold in here. It's I'm going to take heat out, is what Carl realized. It's kind of like light and dark. You don't, I mean, if you need a room to be darker, you don't say, hey, I want to get a little more darkness in here. Let's put a little more dark in. No, you take light out. And darkness is the absence of light. Well, cold is kind of like that. It's the absence of heat. If you take the heat away, the cold will be there. Okay? And he realized that. Maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe instead of trying to get cold in there, Maybe we need to look at how can we get the heat out. And so he started to look at that, and he started to find some really incredible things in the chemistry world that would eventually become what he would use to make this breakthrough. Now, next, I need to show you one of these. So this is not a toy. I need to throw that disclaimer in. But this is uh, basically pressured air, you could say, where when I pull this, it shoots a blast of air. And we will use this sometimes like to clean our keyboards. In the studios, we'll use it if we want to clean the lenses or something. We don't want to scratch them. We'll sometimes blow them off if they have artifacts on them. Well, sometimes, as you're using this, some interesting things will happen. Now, you might think, well, there's all this air in here trapped inside, and it's just pressured air. Well, actually, no. Inside of here, there is a chemical substance that's actually liquid. And we're going to talk about that because this would be the big moment of breakthrough that Carl would have in realizing something interesting about liquid. And that is that when a liquid changes from liquid to a gas or evaporates, it absorbs heat. So, I mean, if you think about if you get your arm wet, okay, if you get out of the bath when you were little, I say when you were little because most of you probably now get out of the bath, you're so hot, you're basically a walking heater. Um, but like when my little girl gets out of the bath, she's all cold. 
and she needs to get her towel and get dressed. What's happening is the water is evaporating off of the skin and actually absorbing the heat that is on the skin. And it's even sweat, which is a pretty amazing thing if you think about it. Basically, our bodies have a built-in cooling system. That sweat evaporates, and the evaporation cools us. If it's humid outside, the sweat can't evaporate as well, and so you don't get cooling from that sweat. You just get sweaty and wet because you can't get that evaporation. So the evaporation is taking some of that heat, absorbing some of that heat. So now back to the liquid. If you take a liquid, and this is a chemical liquid inside of here, if with some certain chemicals, as Carl would find, you can actually produce a liquid at a high pressure, and then if you remove the pressure, they change from a liquid to a gas. And so if I do this, I'm actually changing the liquid in here to a gas. Now, I, I brought this because sometimes when we're really using this, uh, if you look at this picture, we will get ice starting to build up. And eventually, even the whole can will just get ice on the side of it. And what is happening? It, it turns out, it's not that this is, this is cold inside. It's not cold. But that change of the evaporation, the, the liquid changing to a gas, is absorbing all that heat. And all of a sudden, the heat's gone, so it's cold. And so that's what Carl started to look at, was what if we made a system with a kind of chemical or a gas that when it's under pressure, it's liquid, and then we release the pressure, and it changes from the liquid to the gas. So let's look at a fridge setup. Um, and so we're going to just go through this piece by piece. So they have a kind of gas in here, and they call it a refrigerant, and they have it in liquid form. So it's under pressure, and it's right about to go through this expansion device up into that blue area on the top. Okay, As it goes through there, it releases a lot of the pressure. So now it's not as under pressure, and it starts to change from a liquid to a gas, and it goes into these evaporator coils. Now, what is it doing? It's pulling heat from the area around it. So if you have air in there and food that are warmer, it's going to pull the heat from those things. Now, it goes through these coils, and then it goes down the side to a compressor, and the compressor starts to compress it back. Remember, it needs to get back to that high pressure to become liquid again. So it starts pressurizing this now gas. And as it's doing that, and it comes out the other side, it's under pressure, and it's begun to warm up. It turns out that some chemicals, uh, when you, um, so we, we, we need to kind of rewind a little bit here. But basically, when it comes through there, remember, we talked about how when the gas comes out, it changes, it gets cooler. If you pressurize a gas, it gets hotter. And so as it comes out, it's got a lot of that heat that it's pulled. And so now there's coils on the outside of the fridge that let that heat out. And then it goes across. Now it's liquid again. It's under pressure. It goes back to the expander. And it starts the whole process again. So basically, I mean, with, with like this thing, if I had something capturing that air, that gas, and taking it, putting it back under pressure, I could have this cycling where it gets really cold, it turns into the gas, and then we pull it back in, we put it back under pressure, and we can do the cycle again. So a pretty amazing thing. Now, one of the big catches of this was what chemical do you use in that system? And in, in the beginning, they did use things like ammonia and some other uh, substances that if it leaked, it was not good, okay? Eventually, we would f discover something called Freon, which is what's used in most uh, refrigeration systems now. And it's obviously much safer. But the ability to be able to cool by removing heat was an incredible breakthrough and then using the chemistry behind it to make something neat. So just remember, I mean, if, if your goal in life is to be cool, okay, <laughs> all cool is is not hot. So <laughs> you need to think about that, okay? Thank you. Now introducing Roger Billings.
Look, I'm wearing the right thing tonight. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. So just imagine uh -huh. <clears throat> right here is a door. Okay. Imagine that. This is what I learned from Tobias. Oh, yeah. That's what we do to the refrigerators all Why the time. Why are you staring at me? No. <laughs> yeah, we stand there just staring at it. So for Halloween, uh -huh. <clears throat> we were having an activity, and there was a lot of light in the room. Mm -hmm. So we got an extension cord, and we plugged in <clears throat> and turned on a black light, and the okay. room went dark. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, Tobias? That is an interesting concept, though. It is. We don't tell, will you turn on the black? Yeah. We don't say that. Will you turn on the light? Because mm -hmm. you can't turn on the black. You have to turn off the light. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And the same with cold. <clears throat> make the heat go away so it'll be cold, right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. That, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> we got something kind of exciting to talk about, <clears throat> and I'm choking up. So would you please talk for a minute while I drink some hydrogen water? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I think we want to watch you. No, that's not very nice, was it? <laughs> Let, yeah, let's zoom right in on her. <clears throat> Where am I looking? Would I like, like my to know intro. how your Halloweeny was. My Halloweeny was good. It was really good. I found something to do nice for somebody. <clears throat> a few things. <laughs> We're not going to ask you goal. what. That was my goal. No, I'm not going to tell either. Are we? <laughs> no. <clears throat> Good. All right. Well, today the uh, wheat cleaner arrived. Oh, yeah? Yes, and it was damaged in oh. shipment. <clears throat> but we're fixing it. We're not going to get discouraged or give up. Last week, I got a lot of people that want to try some einkorn wheat. Yes. I'm excited. Just as quick as we can get it ready, we're going to have it for you. Please be patient. We will give you the, the place you can order it as soon as we get it cleaned. We've got a lot, and wow. we think you're really going to enjoy it. Before I started eating this really healthy wheat, I wasn't this good looking. <laughs> it makes a difference, doesn't it? Actually, it didn't. But you know, okay. <laughs> it makes you feel better, so it does. So there's a, a new project that we're doing, uh -huh. and I'm going to need some help with it. Okay. Um, I have a friend. I have a few, <laughs> but I have a friend no that is making a little car. He has wow. his own little car company, and his car is called uh, Vanderhall Vander Hall. Mm -hmm. Vander car. It's kind of neat. And the car has three wheels. Why do some cars have three wheels and others have four? Well, there are a lot of reasons. One is three wheels looks really neat for a little sporty car. His mm -hmm. are really neat. But also, if a car has three wheels, then the Department of Transportation considers it to be a type of a motorcycle, even though it's a car. And so a whole different set of rules apply. Well, I want to make a car. I've wanted to make a car for a very, very long time. I'd like to manufacture a car. You know, Elon Musk does that. Yep. He does it really well. A lot of people didn't think he was going to pull it off because he wanted to make a car that was going to be powered by electricity, that had batteries, that had range, that had a lot of things. And a lot of people gave him a hard time. And it was a very difficult technical problem to take on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost as hard as making the fuel tanks from your rocket ship land on a platform. You know <laughs> what I mean? Amazing. It yeah, is amazing. It is amazing. But he did it, and now he's making hundreds of thousands of these every month, and it, it, it is really changing the world. And a lot of other car companies are starting to make more electric cars. But I want to make a little bit different one. I want to make one that runs off electricity made from hydrogen. Okay. And so <clears throat> I want to tell people a little bit about that today. Now, our designer, Ryan Etter, yep. who does a lot of these neat, he did this up, please, camera, up, up, up. nope, wrong, wrong camera. Okay, we're going bonkers here. There, see this logo? This designed by Ryan Etter. Now we've been through everything. We can come back. Down, please, down, down, over, 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 back. Okay, anyway. So, I want to make a car, and I want to make it powered by hydrogen. 
Now, when I was working on my doctoral project, clear back in 1991, mm -hmm. we converted a car to run on hydrogen. And I would like to show you that image. This is the hydrogen fuel cell car. And you can see it's called laser cell one. That's because of the technology we use in our fuel cell. And this car started out life as a Ford Fiesta. And then they modified it to run off of electricity. And this was done uh, by a project by the U.S. Department of Energy. They did 2,000 of these cars where they actually put the steering wheel on the wrong side of the car because they were making them for the post office. And then they put 2,000 pounds of lead-acid batteries, those are normal car batteries, in this car, 2,000 pounds, and they would use it to deliver the mail. Well, it turned out that the batteries got a little bit shorter range every day. It started out with about a 50-mile range, which was enough to deliver the mail in a city, and then it got down to 48, and then 45, and then 40. And in just a little over a year, it had so few miles, they had to put more batteries in. Changing the batteries cost more than buying the fuel. Oh. So the project didn't really work. And what they learned is that lead-acid batteries are good in a gasoline car for your starter motor to help your engine get started, but they're not good for driving all day. Elon Musk would not be having the wonderful success he is if he was using lead-acid batteries. And so he has developed a much more modern, much lighter, better battery, okay? Well, this car then was sponsored by the Department of Energy. They used it to deliver the mail. It didn't work because the batteries didn't last long enough. And so the U.S. Department of Energy gave me one of the cars with all the wore out batteries so I could do my hydrogen research. Now I wanted to make hydrogen out of a thing like this. And some of you remember from our earlier discussions, this is a fuel cell. If you look, these are little plates inside the cell. Uh, you can kind of think of them, if I turn them like this, they're kind of like pancakes stacked up. And on my hydrogen fuel cell car, Trivia question, can you guess who stacked up the pancakes? I can, I can guess really well. Who was it? Well, it was a brigade of some, I was one of them. <laughs> you helped do that, didn't you? I, yeah. yeah, you were a student and we I were building this fuel cell. Mm -hmm. And the pancakes that you stand up, stack up, aren't actually the kind of pancakes you eat. One is an anode, then there is an electrolyte, and then a cathode, and then another separator, and then you just stack them up. Mm -hmm. And for every set that you stack up, you get just under a volt of electricity. And we needed 90 volts, so we had to stack up like 120 sets of these plates. And we got them all stacked up, bolted it together. And the neat thing about fuel cells is that if you put hydrogen into the cell, you get water out. Of course, you have to put some air in too, but you also get all of the energy from that uh, hydrogen out in the form of electricity. So it's like a battery that runs off of fuel. And so instead of charging it up at night, you just keep, as long as you're running hydrogen through it, it just keeps giving off power. And this was a pretty neat idea. And the, the thing that made such a difference for us is that with a, a tank full of hydrogen that would give the car a 100 mile range, if you tear out the engine, the internal combustion engine, and put in a fuel cell, the same car would go 300 miles or three times as far because it's so much more efficient than just burning hydrogen inside a cylinder. So it's kind of a, a neat thing. Well, the hydrogen has to be created somehow, and it has to be stored. And we used a thing called metal hydride. You see that beautiful powder? Mm -hmm. Maybe if I put this right here and hold it real still, I can get it tied as close up. Can you see it? So there's a metallic powder there. It looks like iron filings, only in this case, it's a special metal alloy. An alloy is when you mix two metals together, two or more. This particular one had three metals in it. One of them is iron. In fact, it's half iron. 
and the other one is titanium. It's half titanium, and the rest is manganese. So These, is it really, really, really And when fine? you say the rest, if there's 50-50, uh, <laughs> but it's just a trace of manganese. And so this powder is very fine. It's really fine. And when you put hydrogen into a tank full of this powder, the powder reacts with the hydrogen. And you get an enormous amount of hydrogen in a small tank by doing this metal hydride. And this is one of the things that I had received patents on. Okay? It's neat stuff. But now uh, we have a real opportunity for a hydrogen car that we could actually put into production. Now, some companies are making hydrogen cars right now mm -hmm. using fuel cells. In fact, I think there are seven automobile companies that are making these, including Mercedes-Benz is the one that I work the closest with. But there's none like this little car we want to build. So if you have a solar collector or a wind turbine, you can collect energy, you can run it backwards through the fuel cell. Backwards means you put electricity in and it makes hydrogen, which goes out and is stored in your tank. So you can make your own hydrogen at home and charge up your car when the sun is shining or when the wind's blowing or when you plug it into the electric grid, which sometimes you may want to do, and make a tank full of this hydrogen and then you can drive around and uh, and as your car drives, you're actually creating water, and the water goes into the air. It's pretty, there's no pollution. That was one of their questions. Okay, what is the byproduct? Go, go give me the question. <laughs> so what would be considered the waste that would come off the hydrogen fuel vehicle? I wouldn't say that water's a waste. <laughs> well, they mean, they mean... How about byproduct? Byproduct. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, you could buy the hydrogen. <laughs> anyway, good. All right, but the thing tonight is our designer, Ryan, came up with eight preliminary ideas for what the car would look like. And I have to say that my friend, uh, David Hall, told me that they have this ingenious technology that they use on their car to make a frame out of a piece of aluminum that they bend in a certain way to give it strength. Uh -huh. And he said, you really ought to make some hydrogen cars like that. And I thought, well, then maybe I will. I've wanted to make a hydrogen car for a long time. That's true. Only I need some help. I need to pick which design you think's best. So I'm going to show you eight different numbers. I'm going to run through them fast, and then you get a chance to look at them all. Then I'm going to go back through them a little bit slower. And if you find one you like the best, I want you to send me a message of which number you like. Okay. And then I've got an even bigger question for you in a minute. But let's start by looking at design number one. And there it is, the Billings electric vehicle, hydrogen fuel cell powered car, and it has three wheels, two in front, one in back. And remember, these cars need to be really fun. So that's number one. Let's look at number two. There it is, number two. Okay, number three. That's the green one. Uh -huh. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. And number eight. Okay, now you can tell these are just preliminary designs, and Ryan just goes and makes these. We're going to pick one of these by your voting tonight, and then I'm going to give that choice back to him, and I'm going to tell him to make us a better, more detailed design. Okay? Remember, if this is going to be a Billings hydrogen car, yeah. it's got to be really cool. Yes, it does. And that's the other part that I want you to do when you vote on these, and you tell me which number you like. I also want your ideas on what we could do to make this be a car that everybody would want. Well, how fun. Now, I think that it ought to be really racy looking. Yeah, it should absolutely. be real, real snazzy. But uh, it also ought to have some features that no other cars have. Why do you want this car? Because it has, and then you fill in the blank, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I like technology. I think the car should have amazing, amazing technology. 
and I'm real interested to know what ideas you come up with. Do you have any ideas of what we could put in this car that would make it different than anybody else? Not yet. <laughs> Did you hear Joseph talking about being a student, uh -huh. going back to school, Yeah. until you turn into a million sons? <laughs> you could put different smells in there. No, you could. You could have. Uh, you could. Have, you want an, an idea? Smells? I'm. Gonna, you can, yes, like an air Okay, diffuser. guys, don't that that idea is already taken. If you smells. were going to say, my idea is to make the car smell. Yeah, that's smell mine. Like, smell like what? Um, something that makes you alert. Perfume. So, mm -hmm, something that keeps you healthy. Healthy? I don't know. What smell keeps you healthy? Vitamin C smell. <laughs> see, this is why I don't okay, get ideas. Okay, see, this is a me. good idea. You do know that uh, our Acellus design team that's making the stem pods for next year is talking about giving them smells. So that when you're watching a lesson and, you know, smells help you remember Holy things. Cow. So when something comes on, we give you a certain smell. And we actually have little tanks with smells. And a little valve opens. Psst. <laughs> and it smells like vitamin C to make you happy. <laughs> These are good ideas. We love them. Okay, so I am looking for good things. I was being kind of Elect serious. Oh, she's, she's being kind. <laughs> Oh, serious? Uh -huh. Okay, so you really think we should make it have smells? Mm -hmm. Okay. I do. What kind of smell again? Vitamin C smell? Well, that was, that was vitamin what's, C. What's the serious smell. one? <laughs> um, well, there's some smells that keep you more alert. All right, so if someone starts dozing off, then you give them a coffee smell. Uh -huh. <laughs> or peppermint. Or, or peppermint. Yeah, or eucalyptus mint. Or... Eucalyptus mint. It's a good idea. Yeah. Or new car smell. Or new car smell. Or leather. leather. I like the smell leather. of leather personally. Leather. But okay. <laughs> so these are ideas. Wouldn't it be fun if you could buy a car that you get in and it already smells? <laughs> these are great ideas. Yeah. And if you're not healthy, the vitamin C smell will make you healthy. Uh huh. Er? Er. er. Okay. <laughs> So I'm kind there of serious is about this. There. there is yeah. something there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, vitamin C. May is I really may good I put that it. in for my order? I would like mine to have that feature. Okay, that feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're probably not going to be able to do all these ideas, but we're going to put that one right on the top of the list. So far, it's our first choice. Thank you. <laughs> and and which number did you pick? Are you still picking? We'll let you pick this time as we go through. Okay. Okay. So now pick out your number. When you get your number, then put down your number and then put your ideas of what we should put in this car to make it unique and special and different from all other cars. Now, <laughs> when she said smell, yeah. I thought, <laughs> where did she go to school? And then I started thinking about it. You know, that's really kind of a fun idea. You could put a lot of different smells in. And it would, you could have a little computer there on the dash where you could pick the smell you want. Mm -hmm. And if you want someone that's riding with you to be real happy, you put in like flowers. Mm -hmm. Some you don't like, you put in something else. <laughs> You've got a great idea here. <laughs> smells the rest. And when you get to the gas station, you put in some, you don't need gas, so you just go fill up all your smells again. You know what? Now you're teasing me. No. no I think, but I, no. I think it's a good idea. Kind of. Do you know that there are two kinds of chemistry? There's organic chemistry and inorganic. Uh -huh. Inorganic is the normal chemistry about all the different chemicals and how they react and the compounds they form. Organic chemistry is the study of just the compounds made out of carbon and other elements. And did you know that in the organic with just carbon, there are more elements than there are in inorganic? There's all of these different, not other elements, more compounds. Organic chemistry is very complex. My organic book is fast, fatter than my inorganic, and it came second. But an interesting thing, when you go to a chemistry lab and you learn how to mix things together, make different things in organic chemistry, many of the things you mix together have exotic smells, really exotic smells. 
and it's kind of fun. So you could actually have organic chemicals that are mixed in the car and make smells. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of the real interesting smells from organic chemistry, some very nice, some not so nice. See, Sierra is with me. She likes number six, and she thinks it would be neat if I had a place to listen to music and send out the scents that go with the mood. Well, I once gave a re book report on chemistry, and I told about hydrogen sulfide. <laughs> Do you want to tell them what that smells like? I don't know I what know. it smells like, but I know how you make it. Yeah, and, and you can make it in a test tube. And uh -huh. I was doing a book report in English because they said you got to read a book and give a report. So I read a book about chemistry experiments, and it told how to make hydrogen sulfide. And so I made some hydrogen sulfide for the class. Hydrogen sulfide is rotten egg gas. For the class. And you just pour the acid in, and it starts bubbling off. And hydrogen sulfide is a smell that is so strong, you can really hear it, smell it real fast. You can almost hear it. <laughs> it really stinks. And all you have to do is neutralize the acid, and then it stops making it. So I had some base to add to it, just the right amount, to stop the reaction. So I was just going to put a little smell in the classroom so they get the point, and then mm -hmm. it's going to stop it. And my dear teacher... Miss Nelson, when she smelled it was rotten egg gas, she panicked. So she grabbed it from me. She said, Roger! And she threw it in the garbage can. I couldn't neutralize it. <laughs> we had to evacuate the whole classroom. What did you put in to neutralize it? It wasn't my fault. You put in a base. like so. I was using sodium hydroxide, dilute. Huh. It could be potassium hydroxide. Remember, acids... Uh -huh are things with hydrogen ions, like sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrochloric acid, and bases have a OH ion, hydroxide, yeah, never mind. Okay, let's get back to work here. Smells, smells are us. And I, we could put rotten egg gas. And then if you get, no, okay. Number one, let's look at it again. This is design number one, this is the Orange car. Now, it would need some kind of a hood if you're going to keep the smells in, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm not. We could put a canopy. But you don't want the smells have to. really strong. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, if you like number one, this is it, and I want to hear your ideas. I mean, we've got GPS now that tell you, you know, where you are. Maybe we need uh, FTS that tells you where you want to go. Future. What is this? I don't know what it stands for. Okay, number two. <laughs> Here's number two. Okay, this one looks like it's going around the corner. I think that's number like one and two. I think they're the is same that the car. same car? Because the same coloration, isn't it? No. Oh, look, we have an audience. <laughs> How do we not know that? <laughs> I, I think they have different smells. <laughs> I'm almost sure they do. Okay, if you like number two, that's it. If you like number one, so if you like them both, put one and two. So somebody likes one and four, and they want a spoiler look on there, so it looks. Okay, well, they should put that down. A spoiler. Be fun. Does everybody know what a spoiler is? And all the boys do, and I know some girls do in here. That was my mom. She was. <laughs> okay. I know. Number I know three. Let's look at number three. Okay. okay, this is the green one. Now, this has got a top on it. It's kind of like a little commuter car. And I, th I think that it's trying to tell us that it's going that way. The one in back is just one wheel, and it's usually in the reverse, but sometimes they're in the front. This one kind of looks like the third wheel is in front. I think so. But boy, this has to look neat. So anybody that sees it driving by have to say, that's the one I want. Okay, let's look at number four. All right, this is getting pretty snazzy, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. This looks fast. It looks like maybe the door opens by going up or something. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you roll down the window and climb in. <laughs> it's kind of neat. And if you look, it's kind of aerodynamic. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Ryan will be able to make whichever one we choose look really neat. Mm -hmm. I really think he will. Number five. Number five is a blue car. It's got three wheels. It's got dark windows. Looks like a it's got a diversity of smells. <laughs> Smell? For the whole family. Yeah, for the whole, yeah, it's enough smells for the whole family. You could have different, you know, like peppermint smell in the back. 
Oh, no, so that you, you only get one smell at a time. Okay. <laughs> Are we up to number six? All right, here's number six. This looks like a convertible, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah, just imagine you could go places in that. One of the ideas that I'm looking for in this car, I want something that's really fun, you'd be proud to own, but I also want it very practical. I'd like it so that on just a small amount of fuel, you can go a long way. It's got to be able to go fast enough to go on the freeway, but it ought to be able to be something you can drive to work or to school or something like that. I want it to be affordable. I want it to be safe. I want it to be low in maintenance. In fact, here's an idea that, that I've had. What if you made the car and then you put the outside skin on it like plastic, a stretchy plastic-like material, so that in two and a half years when you get tired of your car, you just go buy a new skin and change it? That'd be neat. It looks like a brand new car. It'd be fun. All right, number seven. No comments? And number eight. Okay. This is our first very, very preliminary design. And thank you, Ryan, for putting these together. Sometimes he watches. He does. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gives us a hard time the next day. Should we give him a hard time back? Well, absolutely. Ryan, just let us just send in your favorite smell. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, he could if he wanted to, couldn't he? Uh -huh. So we have some ideas. All right, let's hear them. Number six, I think you should make the car levitate to avoid the pots in the road. <laughs> yep. So how, how would we make it levitate, Abe? If we had that room temperature superconductor, remember yeah. the superconductor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we could levitate it. That'd be a neat thing. The problem with superconductors, they have to be extremely cold and it'd be hard to stay cold because Tobias failed to tell us how to get rid of all the heat. But it would be neat to have a levitate. The other thing is maybe you'd have to have some kind of a propeller or force generator on it. Be neat. All right. Any other ideas? Big ideas. I haven't. Did we get to eight yet? We did eight We got eight. Again. Uh -huh. And we did seven and six and five and four. What? The most common um, like right now is four and six. Four and six are coming in. And why do they like those? I don't know. They just like them. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Ryan, if you're listening, number four and six. We do have a question, though. The, one of the students wants to know if you can drink the water that comes out of the hydrogen car. Did you know, true story, I was on Omni Magazine drinking the water dripping out of the hydrogen car. Now, the water, when it comes out, is steam. Mm -hmm. So there's no liquid. It's, it's in gaseous form. But I actually took a cold glass that had been in the fridge and held it on the tailpipe, and the water condensed, and I got a little bit, and I drank it. And also drank it on Good Morning America. You're on Good Morning And America. I'm still here. Yes. A long time ago. How fun. In another time and place. We're smart to put you on yeah. there. My opinion. <laughs> I have a question. I have a personal question. Okay. I'm trying to understand how the hydrogen reacts to in the uh, metal hydride. Does it react with all three materials or does it react with just one of them in particular? Remember that the alloy is iron and titanium mm -hmm. with just a teeny, teeny bit of impurity of the manganese. Okay. But it, when it reacts, instead of being metallic looking, this is like a metal powder, it turns into a white powder that looks like salt. Hmm. When it's charged, it's white. And this material, when it's in this color, it conducts heat. When it's white, it doesn't conduct heat very well but it stores a lot of hydrogen. And actually, it forms a chemical bond. When two different atoms come together and form a molecule, the properties are very different than either metal or either substance you started with before. One of my favorite examples is salt, table salt. 
salt, you know, we eat on our tomatoes and mm -hmm. different things, but salt is really a gas, chlorine, a deadly poisonous gas. You smell it sometimes around swimming pools, but if you get too much, it, it's deadly. Mm -hmm. And sodium. Sodium is a metal, and it's a metal that is so reactive that if you drop a piece of sodium in water, it will burst in flames. It'll burn in the water. Wow. A very reactive metal. So you take this crazy reactive metal and this poisonous gas and you put them together and you get table salt. Oh and that's very close to the reaction of what happens here is the metal reacts with the hydrogen, which is a, a, vape, a, a odorless, no smells, gas, and it forms a white powder. But the difference between metal hydride, which is what we call the white powder, and salt, which is chlorine and sodium, is that the salt is a very, very strong tie between the two elements, very hard to break them apart. Whereas the hydride is a very weak bond, and so just by heating it a little bit, just a little bit, pulling the gas off, it, it breaks down and gives off the hydrogen. That's why it makes a good storage system. It has what chemists call a covalent bond, whereas the sodium chloride is more of an ionic bond, meaning it's just very strong. Okay. Is that good? Mm-hmm. It's good. So we have a picture of you drinking water. We do? I mean, drinking, yeah, drinking I, water. I could just do a reenactment. Oh, thank you. Oh, there it is. Thank Look. you, thank you. There's... Oh, there you are. Oh. Drinking it. <laughs> Handsome guy in that lab coat there. <laughs> oh, we're gonna... <laughs> a reenactment. <clears throat> yep. You're throwing things at me now. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's got smell. Yeah, this, this is because of the smell. So, yeah, okay. dear Dr. Billings. Would it be appropriate to tell them about the fly before we went on camera? <laughs> they want to see the real page. <laughs> oh, they'd love to hear this. So we were getting ready, and we're doing the countdown, and Tobias was ready, and John was ready, and this fly came. It went there, and then page went, Psh! And then the fly became a flu. <laughs> it needed yeah, to question, rest in peace. Um, this is an idea. Idea, okay. Yes. Dear Dr. Billings, my family and I prefer car number five. It seems the best fit for our family. Our Smith, can we look at five again? Number five, please. Yes. Okay. Okay. That looks like a good commuter family car, good. doesn't it? Okay, keep going. Our idea for improvement is side cameras. We love having a car with backup camera, and we'd love to have a car with side cameras, too. Abby. Good idea, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, some of you know that for the last couple months, I've been driving a pickup truck mm -hmm. called a Ford Raptor. And uh, when I back up, uh -huh. a camera comes on, the mm -hmm. dash, and that's neat. You know, a lot of cars have cameras, but on this one, it's like there's a drone up above the car, because you can see out in front, you can see behind, you can see on both sides. It's like a above view. And so I got out and looked for the drone, and there wasn't one. But they actually have little cute cameras on the sides that shoot down, and then the computer stitches it all together look like a drone shot. It's pretty neat, isn't it? I think that's a very good idea. Cameras. How could we use cameras different than even the Raptor? Hmm. What do you think? Full of weird ideas today, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay, who can guess what she was going to say? We, no, come not on. one we single person know. can guess. We got to know. I think it should be able to detect other hydrogen vehicles, and then you can send a little wave out. <laughs> Make people smile more. This world needs to smile more. They need to be happy. <laughs> that is a great idea. And with a three-wheeler, uh -huh. you know, if you can imagine, let's just pretend this is a three-wheel car, and it's going along like this. you got your two wheels in front, mm -hmm. right? And then in back, you have just one wheel. I see it coming. And when it detects <laughs> another hydrogen Billings car there, it, the last wheel just goes, whoop! Some high five. And it's kind of it's like a... High five. Uh, high behind. <laughs> it's like, hey there. I love it. 
But you know what? This is cool. <laughs> that sounds kind of silly, but if we did something like that, it would sell cars. It would. Remember and one year smile. I went to buy a car, and I went to the dealer, and I was looking at all the new things they had. This a few years ago. And then one car, he said, oh, you've got to see this. And I sat down, and he said, now push that button. And the little mirror on the door turned a little bit. So you could point the rearview mirrors on the doors. Mm -hmm. Now every car has that. But that's the first time I ever saw, okay, I want this one. Just because of that feature. I think that a behind bump would be a real good idea. <laughs> it's a really good idea. I also think you should have a button there that says thank you or something when you, they let you in to traffic. Because you wave it and most of the time people you don't see that. You mean you're in traffic and someone lets you pull in? Uh -huh. That is a great have idea something too. in the back of your window that says yeah. thank you. Oh. I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I have to tell you more about the Raptor though. Okay. Does when it I, do that? When I drive the Raptor down a busy freeway <laughs> and there's no way to get in there, someone always lets the Raptor in and I always look and it's always another Ford pickup. <laughs> Ford pickups See? let Ford pickups in. Well, I don't have a Ford pickup, so I don't know about that. Well, you should get one because we get in. Okay. We get in. And I, but I do think that's neat. I think having a way to do a little social media on the freeway is a killer idea. Yeah, social media and social emotional. <laughs> social my plug, social emotional. emotional. Is that when you have these things over the top of the windows, and if you're unhappy, you turn to scowl mode? Or... Yeah. How do yeah, you do social yeah, emotional? I need one of those. I and just then a smile. <laughs> okay, you ready for yeah, some non-page ideas? Let's get serious here for a minute. I like car four and five. This is from David. Can we see four? And four? Five. And four and a half. There it is, four, I like and five, did you say? Mm -hmm. And five, okay, okay, yeah, and? I wish car four will have wings that are retractable and the back wheel goes inside, the turbine comes in and makes it so it can fly. <laughs> it would be so neat to make these fly, wouldn't it? I'd almost rather make an airplane. But you know, we are kind of working on that with our dear friend, um, but actually the, the little airplane we're trying to make is a sprayer to spray orchards and gardens and things like that. That's a neat idea, yes. Okay, this one's from Bianca. Bianca. Mm -hmm. I really like one, four, and eight. I'm thinking it would be cool if the outside of the car could change to whatever color you want, like <sighs> LED lights. Solid tires that can't deflate would be really useful too. I'm also thinking it'd be nice if the wheels can turn in any direction, like those little robots shown a few weeks ago, so that the cars can drive sideways or turn 360 degrees. That's cool. That's, those that's good. are great ideas. Yeah, those are good. Okay, so with just three wheels, you definitely could mm -hmm. turn all three yeah. wheels, and you could just drive in. Also, if you wanted to, you could just spin in a circle, <laughs> yeah. and you go around the sharpest turn. But just think. You, so you have a garage, and these would be a little bit smaller cars, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you have yeah. a, a one-car garage, so you push the button, do, 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 the garage door goes up. You drive in. When you get inside your garage, you turn all three wheels, and then you pop, 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 pop over the side of the garage. Mm -hmm. And then the next car comes in, and you turn the wheels and pop, 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 pop to the other side of the garage, <laughs> and then the third, you can get three in one. <laughs> I think that's great ideas. And then the LED lights change colors. We yeah. could change with LED lights. You know, our Cellus sign upon this building does something really interesting, doesn't it, Marcy? It has LED lights, and when you look at it during the day, what color is it? The sign looks blue during the day, so the, the letters of Cellus are blue. But then at night, when it starts getting dark, if we had it just be blue, it wouldn't show up so well, so the LEDs come on, and all over in the blue letters, like the A, there are little holes that have LEDs behind them, and when all the LED lights come on, the word Acellus turns white, and it changes, and it looks pretty neat. So what if we did that on the car? What if we had a color that was just one color, and then we had a bunch of LED lights so we could turn it on, and when all of the orange ones come on, the car would look orange, be fun. 
That is a great idea. We need to figure that out. Yes, that's a good idea. I realize. What, what was her other idea? Um, was it a her or a him? It was a her. It was okay, Bianca. her. The tires. The tires. Tires that never go flat. Yes. Now, how do you do that? Tell us. Asalas? <laughs> Asalas tires. No, I, I think that would be neat. The reason we have air in our tires is to give us cushion. Mm -hmm. But you know, if we did something like silicone or something in there, it was cushiony mm -hmm. but wouldn't ever go away, that'd be pretty neat. Some of the tires nowadays, the modern ones, if they lose their air, they just go a little bit flat and you can still drive on them. But why not keep them up all the way? I bet we could make a never flat tire. A never flat tire. That'd be really, really neat. It is not fun to get a flat tire. There she goes. She's back. Okay. I hope they caught that. <laughs> oh, I dropped it again. Okay. My bad. Okay. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> so that kind of wraps things up for us today. But we're looking for ideas. If you get more ideas on the car, keep shooting them in. Yes. I really think it'd be fun to build this car. Vote for the smells, please. And, and yeah, <laughs> please let us know your favorite smell. Yeah. <laughs> and hey. thank you, Dr. Page. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.